Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller and I am joined this week by Jennifer McKiernan, Westminster correspondent for the Press and Journal. Hello. Hello. And by Drew Hendry, the SNP MP for Inverness, Nairn, Badenoch and Strathspey. That's well, deli- well delivered. Boom. Well delivered. Um, let's start with the obvious question, Drew, that we have to ask everybody at the moment. Would you like to announce a run for the deputy leadership of the SNP here and now? Well, what I could do is I could give you the answer which I've been given to everybody else, which is this is a democratic process and, uh, you know, we'll wait to see, you know, who comes forward and all the rest of it. But what I'll do instead is I'll tell you no. Oh, you had me. Oh, I thought we were going to have it. I thought it was going to be massive. Why not? You'd be good at it. Um, I, I, um, I have no doubt that um, I could add something to the mix, but I believe at this time they, uh, some of the other people who uh, have and maybe coming forward would be best placed to, to support the party and, and do that job. All right, I'll go there. The people that might come forward. Because ah. at the moment we've got a councillor, mm-hmm. uh, a lady who happens to be married to an MSP, mm-hmm. an MSP who everyone on Twitter is laughing at, Patronizing, and, yeah. and uh, Keith Brown who can kill a man with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. is everybody just scared that Keith Brown is going to like damage them because he's a marine if they stand? <laughs> or is there, as I suspect, a MP who is going to come forward to make this a proper battle? Well, I couldn't answer that because I genuinely don't know if somebody else is going to come forward at the moment. You what just I said can, people who might come well, forward, like perhaps might, you know somebody well, might come forward. People, might, people come might come forward. But what I can tell you is that both Julie and Keith in particular, and obviously James has worked very hard as well for the party, but, uh, but Julie and Keith in particular um, are very well-known uh, people within the party, very skillful, very capable people. And regardless of who they're married to or not, um, I think that... Uh, that either of them would be able to do a really, really good job as deputy leader. James, um, you know, I've known for uh, for many years as well, very dedicated. It, uh, be honest with you, he's not my top three uh, picks, but uh, mm-hmm. but um, but he'd still be very capable if he wins. I mean, I should point out that, the, that in terms of the lady who happens to be married to an MSP, um, this is Julie Hepburn, mm-hmm. um, I'm not being sexist. I suggest the party's being sexist because if she's so flipping good, why is she not elected to anything? Well, I think it's just the vagaries of the election system. You know ah. that as well as I do. Mm. You know, that Julie's, Julie's worked hard, she's put herself forward. The timing's just not been right in terms of those elections, but she's, she's very, I know Julie, I've known Julie for years. Uh, she's an exceptional person. Okay. Um, he'd make a good deputy, wouldn't he, Jen? I think so. Well, what's wrong with them? Why? What is going on here in the SNP, right? They, they go, oh, we've got all this talent on our benches, and yet there seems to be a struggle to fight or convince any of this talent to actually stand. It does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? A little bit. Um, but I mean, I well, I'll take it. Look, I'll take it. It's a big compliment that you guys are putting my name out there just now. But but the fact of the matter is, I'm not running. Um, I mean, I suppose the. the, the the main thing about, of course, all this is that we're talking about the SFP deputy leadership. Look at the Labour deputy leadership. I mean, they um, haven't got any talent. Very good, me. So you're going to encourage the run for that one? Nobody's even talking about that because <laughs> heaven knows who that's going to be. Got any got any insight on who's going to run for deputy, Scottish Labour's deputy leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Lewis Macdonald is. So. Who? <laughs> Lewis Macdonald. Oh, right. Okay. Exactly. Who? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Right. Oh well, having got it that, it must be the only uh, uh, deputy leadership contest in history where they're actually afraid that somebody might come forward for it. It's um, <laughs> it, well, 
anyway, we'll, we'll get a Scottish Labour person on and discuss it with them. Let's, ah, be, yeah. let's, let's be fair. Let's be kind. Uh, let's not call Richard Leonard a balloon on a stick when there's no Labour person here to defend mm. him, even though he is. Right, uh, let's start then. We'll start. We've cleared up absolutely nothing about the SNP deputy leadership, but let's do this. There you go. PMQs. Um, it, well, I, didn't think, I don't think it was a bad one this week. However, I've got two Scottish guests and I thought it was very English. Uh, would you agree, Jen, there was not a lot in there for you? Um, I quite enjoyed all the fishing questions. Uh, yes. But they were pretty far down. Yeah. I mean, uh, Corbyn went on Northamptonshire Council, which is quite a good story because the council have gone bust and they're run by the Tories. It's a bit <laughs> embarrassing for the Tories, isn't it? Um, that was then followed by Tom Perslove, who is a Northamptonshire MP, who chose to talk, talk about coffee cups instead that was, was weird yeah awkward <laughs> yes um but i don't know it felt like there's a lot of nhs we had a bit about the world cup we had isn't bedford a great place no um <laughs> i mean, didn't have a, a lot of school cuts i mean obviously a lot of this stuff does apply to scotland but it wasn't being discussed today it was very english because we've got council elections coming up and it's going to be like this for the next few weeks isn't mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. um it's interesting that may's best Best defence against the the accusation that her her party had basically collapsed this council was um, to go on anti-Semitism. Yes, mm. um, and it's still damaging Labour. It's unbelievable, really. They haven't. That's true, and I think it says a lot out, yeah. uh, about both parties. Really, that neither of them seem to be very good at running councils. Actually, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a race to the bottom, isn't it? Uh, also, in England, I mean. Scotland's a different issue, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, As a former council leader, I can say that they're not very good at running councils. Well, you would say that. Anyway, you're all, it's different in Scotland, isn't it? Because, of course, yeah, you're all in coalition together. Actually, that was the interesting thing, though, with that question. You know, the, um, both the, the Labour Party and the Tories continually throw accusations at the Scottish Government of underfunding councils. And yet, you see, they're a clear example of a Tory-run council in England, going bust because of the cuts they've made. They're draconian in terms of the percentages. I remember being in for a debate in chamber where uh, Tory MPs were talking about their councils handing back the keys to the Treasury, uh, given the, the level of cuts. Some of them 30-40% reductions. Mm. You know, so it, re- it is really interesting to see this stuff come out in the wash now. And it will be, as I say, with council elections around the corner, it will continue. Mm. There's no uh, Scottish elections this year, is there? No. Nope. This is like the first year in forever. Remember <laughs> the last time we, it was not an election? All of, all of us are on edge saying, where's the election? There's I mean, no, genuinely, we're what, 20, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're knocking doors anyway out of habit now, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it must be at least five years yeah. there's always been an election, isn't it? Yeah. Um, fishing, yes, let's mm-hmm. talk about fishing, because you had a PMQ, Drew. Yes, I did. And you went on fishing. Mm-hmm. Right, um... Shall we start? Shall we do this in chronological order? Mm -hmm. Because the first fishing issue today was Jacob Rees-Mogg on a boat throwing fish in the Thames. Um, Did you see any of this, either of you? Did Did they actually (laughs) breach environmental law by throwing fish in? Well, I did see somebody on Twitter saying they've uh, reported Nigel Farage for fly tipping. Good, good. Yes, yes. (laughs) He's reporting for a lot more than that as well. Uh, (laughs) Well, It was a classic, you know. uh, Talk about putting people in a leaky boat. Mm. They were in a boat. It did not leak. Um... It's mad, isn't it? I mean, it what are they yeah, thinking? Yeah. They got a, they got a small bucket of fish and threw them in the Thames. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as a, I mean, it is absolute gesture politics. So it's worst, you know. It's uh, and it, it's both crazy and uh, you know. I think I haven't quite seen the collective that was on the boat yet because I've obviously been busy this morning and in PMQs. But I would be interesting to see who the bedfellows were or shipmates, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, were on that boat today. 
Ross Thompson. Oh, really? He Mithraj. was there. Uh, right, okay. uh, I don't think Jacob Rees-Mogg actually got yeah. on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig McKinley, who must be vaguely Scottish, but he represents Thanet. Uh, and then Anne-Marie Trevelyan was kicking around, and we will okay. come to her in just a moment. <laughs> okay. um, so, yes, we had this weird... It was just a little boat, I don't know. It was just mad. Um, uh, Ross Thompson, is he, what, what do we think of him? He's not the one who said... Is he the one who said you'd have to drink a cup of cold sick? No, no that's that was Douglas Ross. Ross. Although, although they've been they've continually Ross mixed in their up. Name. Well, yes. yeah, they've both got Ross in It's confusing. Um, I've seen that the one with the wrong, um, the wrong names, anyway. Is he, uh, I don't know him, I have to say, but he's obviously one of your MPs. Is he a massive Brexiteer? Does he he's love massive, fish? Yeah, hate he's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and, and, but he's a, he's a proud Brexiteer. Yeah. Um, he's, there's none of this sort of underhanded... Oh, I believe in Brexit, but I'm not actually going to say yeah. it until it's sensible. Well, I, I, keep sensible. <laughs> I keep chasing him up for a picture that he was holding out, a card that he was holding outside the Scottish Parliament during the Vote Leave campaign, uh-huh. saying, Vote Leave to ensure that fishing returns yes. to the democratically controlled Scottish Parliament. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. of course, since then, none of that is happening, <laughs> or is going to happen. We're stuck in the CFP with no quota. Right, hang, hang on, right, let's, yeah. let's deal with it. Your question was exactly that, yeah. about... Nah, the deal, the deal we have from the EU or the, the, the agreement that we have is going to be that we're going to stay in the common fisheries policy until the end of the transition period, which is going to be the end of 20... Uh, where are so we at? Transition 2021 will be... Uh, yeah. in, December, in, just into 2021. 20, yes, what, what 31st December 2021. Yes. Um, no. Just into 2021. Yeah, so 1st of January 2021. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Um... And um, then, obviously, we'll see what happens after that. We haven't got an agreement about what happens after that. We all know what's going to happen after that. No, we don't. We don't, right? (laughs) Your question question was about this uh, common fisheries policy. And Theresa May uh, said, well, you want to stay in the common fisheries policy. What are you talking about? And that is true, isn't it? Well, my question was, how come we're remaining in the common fisheries policy with no say over quotas. Our position has always been for many years, going back decades, that, that we should either be out of the CFP or we should significantly reform it if within Europe. But you can't do that mm-hmm. in the current situation. You can't do that when you're kicked out of the negotiations. What, what is it the government are called now? They're a consultee over what's going to happen. So what, what the Europe, what the, quite rightly, what the Europeans are going to say now is, um, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, just let you know about it. There you go. And you've got absolutely no say in the matter. So this is actually, far from taking back control, this is actually abdicating control. It's a bizarre place to be. But your ideal scenario, your, you would like us to still be in the EU and therefore we'd still be in the CFP on the conditions, in the, on the terms that we are now, uh, if you had your way, that's where well, we would be, no, right? No, 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 I have to correct, no, I have to, no, I have to correct you there. Not on the terms that we have now. And this is very, very critical because don't forget the UK government, as it did in 1974 in the Heath government, yeah. as it did under Thatcher, as it did under uh, under Major, and now as it's doing under, or abdicated by Theresa May, actually negotiate the conditions of the CFP. They actually have some input yes. in this. Yeah. Now, what we've said is that, you know, as an independent Scotland, or indeed through Scotland's place in Europe, which we put forward in terms of saying, how do you work with, mm. uh, you know, the, the if Brexit is going to happen, how do we work with it? We've put forward alternatives that would keep us in the, the single market and the, 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 the customs union. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have never said, and the ever, common fisheries policy, and what we have never said is that we accept the common fisheries policy as it stands because it's a bad deal, and that bad deal was c- created 
under successive Tory governments signing away the rights. If you're at the table negotiating, if you're at the table with a say, not as a consultee, but actually as a participant, you can say that's not good enough for our people. We no longer have that choice. But Take I, it away from us. I do think critically that the, the Scottish Fishermen's Federation doesn't... I mean, I agree that a seat at the negotiating table is obviously well, going to be it, better it, than it, shouting... Well, it's logic. It, it's logic, but isn't it? Yeah. it's still not what the fishermen seem to want, which is just... Well, they well, want to be well, an independent well, coastal state. I, I, I've always said, and you know, we, we've agreed with, with the fishermen that the, the common fisheries policy, as it stands, is, is bad. So under, you know, underline it, straightforward, that's it. It is a bad policy for Scottish fishermen. What we've always said is we'd like it either to be scrapped or to significantly reform it. The opportunities to scrap it or significantly reform it, thanks to Theresa May and our wonders of negotiation, have gone, evaporated. Come on, you would swallow it to get back into the EU. No, no, we wouldn't do that. Of course you would. Independent Scotland rocks up at the EU and says, hello, can we come back in? And they go, yeah, sure, come on, brilliant, yeah, by all means. Independent Scotland. And you say, Independent Scotland says, yeah, but we don't really like the common fisheries policy. And the EU goes, yeah, well, suck it up, boys. There's only five million of you and the French and the Danish and everybody else does. So, you know, let me milk. if you want to come in, then you've got to... Let me both milk and enjoy the premise where an independent Scotland rocks up at the EU saying, right, we we want to be members. And as, as a country with the massive fishing resources we have, but crucially other things like a third of the EU's renewable uh, resources and oil and gas and all those other things as well. I would suggest that what we bring to the table for Europe is far more than just one uh, element. Plus, we'd be a willing participant um, in the the EU. So to actually go to that uh, negotiating table from a position of being an equal at the table and a position of strength in terms of making your argument and being able to have that accepted, I think it's a really important uh, You want to talk about negotiation, you turn up and say, we're willing, we really want to come in the EU, the EU is going to go, that's not the way negotiation here's your works. terms, no, in no, you come. No, you can't, that's, you can't. You're, you're, they that's know, a Tory line. They, come on, but if they know you want to get in you know, at any price, you definitely you know, want to get in the EU, then the negotiation is going to be one-sided. But this isn't about any price. I mean, there is no any price scenario here. Come on, there are prices of being in the EU. No, no, but there is no any price. That's a ridiculous proposition. There is no any price scenario. What you actually do is you say, look, these are the things that, uh, when you sit down to negotiate, you don't go in and negotiate as Theresa May has done and gone, okay, here you have it all. What you do is you actually go in to negotiate from a point of view of saying, what do you bring to the table? And, and what can we actually agree on? Where are the points of agreement that we can make? What's happened in the past, and this is absolutely critical, is that the UK government on record has regarded Scottish fishing as expendable. Quote. Yeah, that, that's a bit. It's you have fact. to be prepared to walk away. Yeah, and you of course, sure. And independent yeah. Scotland would not be no, prepared no, to walk well, away. No, no, just, just in, as an independent Norway can choose a different path and oh, just well, as true enough, you know right. there, there are lots of options out there where mm. you can stay in the single market you can stay in the customs union and you can do these things in a different way it is not a zero-sum game in terms of fishing for uh, if you actually appro- approach this properly and what's been missing from the uk government is the fact that they have not bothered because they don't care about the fishing industry it is expendable um, first of all, right, fishing industry is correct. Fisherman is not, of course. It's mm-hmm. fisher persons, as, it? as uh, not, Jeremy no. Corbyn likes to say. That's fair enough. That, I'll accept it. This is Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, it is true. It does sound a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. um, wearing your, your northeast political analysis hat, right? All of us sitting in London are going... What is going on here? Fishermen? I thought they were like cavemen. I thought they died out, right? Does that tell you everything? Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, how big an issue is it in the northeast? 
Um, I mean, how, obviously the industry is fairly big, uh-huh. but does it have the, as an issue, the heft to really swing politics around? Uh, from from a, uh, from a Scottish political perspective, yeah. yes, and I think you see, um, for example, when we were down looking at the official secret papers that were released, the last the last tranche of them. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, behind the scenes, the Tories will admit that it is a t- totemic issue across the UK, for Scotland. Mm. It doesn't mean very much to people, even though you know we've got huge um, fish industries in Grimsby. It's totemic, but is it practically? Does it practically have the ability to to change elections? Because uh, the chief whip, Julian Smith, has allegedly have said, well, fishermen don't <laughs> vote Labour, of course, to which the Scottish Tories have all said, we're not really worried about Labour, it's no. the SNP, I don't know if you've noticed them all sitting on the other side. Um, but is he right yes, to I, some I extent in that, you know, uh, however many fishermen there are, there's not enough to actually swing elections, is there? No, but it's not about the number of fishermen. No. It's about, it's about the voters and about the what, what that, mm. um, what, how, how you deal with that issue, what that actually means about mm. what you think of people in general. Um, and what you care about, what your priorities are. Mm. Okay. So, uh, so they're basically okay. saying, you know, if, if if you don't care about fishermen, then you don't care about Scotland. I mm. mean, it's a fairly... Yeah, okay. Um, interesting. And then, of course, as you say, we've got the Scottish Fishermen's Federation, who are mad Brexiteers. They flip in one straight oh, out. They're not the maddest. There's, are they not? <laughs> there's mad ones. Who? There's, there's fishing for leave. Some oh, yeah, yeah. There's all these, <laughs> I know there's various fishing The maddest ones are on the green benches, I mean, obviously. I'm saying, <laughs> right, I'm saying mad in the sense of big, rather than necessarily right. that their views are wrong. I mean, that's for... For, up for debate, I wouldn't claim to know, frankly, about fish. Um, um, we also had Anne-Marie Trevelyan, we mentioned her already, she's been throwing fish into the, the Thames apparently, and she said, can we have some money for fishermen after Brexit? What I voted for. That's a horrifying, mm. I, um, I don't, mm. the, the, the fact that she's asking for an emergency fund at this point is utterly terrifying. Mm. It, it, it suggests that she, she does think that um, fishermen are just going to be sold down the river. Should she not have thought of that before she started advocating for Brexit? Yeah, you, well, I mean, I've given up on... <laughs> and that seems <laughs> see a bit of an odd one, that, it's fair to say. Um, OK, well, uh, there's fish. Um, let's just mention one more question. I think there's only one more question really worth mentioning, which was Ian Blackford, because he went on the issue of the day, Cambridge Analytica. That's what he did. Um, mm. He went Robertson-esque... <laughs> With his Angus Robertson-esque one-two, he set it up with a do you like democracy, Prime Minister? To which he said yes. To which he said, well, she what? stumbled over then well, eventually kind of said yeah, yes. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Just, well, she basically <laughs> said, yes, why? Yeah. Uh, and he went, well, because you are screwing up with all your dodgy friends. Um, I, 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 I don't really understand this Cambridge Analytica stuff in any great detail. Basically, he's just trying to... Sh- Mia the Tories by suggesting they're somehow connected to this, right? Well, in a way that Theresa nobody totally failed to do anything to, to make anybody feel any better about it. Um, I, you know, she says we haven't got any current contracts. I think the key word was current. Yeah, and I mean, doesn't lay any yeah. suspicions. <laughs> I, I questioned uh, the, uh, the, the 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 Secretary of State um, for for Media and uh, Culture and Sport the other day, and uh, he was saying that uh, in terms of transparency, he was kind of uh, he kind of liked that sort of thing. Uh, going forward, because I was asking about will he examine all political involvement in uh, in Cambridge Analytica, and I think Ian's question today was uh, really, really well delivered and really on the money, and you could see the discomfort from the start. I think Theresa May knew when that first question came out that it was going to go down that road, mm. do you and think, that's why she was so hesitant over it. Do you think she did know? Do you think the Tories knew, or do you think when Ian said, "Oh, by the way, 
all these senior Tories are tied up with mm. the parent company. Do you think they were going, oh, hang on, we didn't know that. Mm. And that was part of the discomfort. I, the sort of, uh-oh, hang on, we didn't even know that I, we were, I, had these I think they, um, I think they certainly knew that all those connections were there. I think it would, would have been the first thing that would have been flagged up and why probably a lot of people are walking on eggshells just now mm. in terms of their answers to these types of questions, i.e. current contracts. Mm. That's a very, very telling uh, word to drop in. Have you deleted your Facebook? Uh, no, my my uh, I've got a, obviously my political one, which yeah. is you know for, to engage with the public. My personal one has about sixty or seventy friends on it or something like that, and that's it. But uh, but I'm going to go back in. If anybody's listening, go into your security settings. I found out this morning there's loads of things that you aren't told about that you can <coughs> switch off to stop people accessing bits of it. Yeah, Have you deleted page. your Facebook? I've not. I've not. But I've had my security settings set to. As nah, tight as I can get them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, for no, a long time. Nobody wants to steal my pictures off Facebook, do they? I mean, that's what I don't really understand. <laughs> if the Russians and the Chinese want to have a look at my Facebook, they're welcome to. All they're going yeah. to see is pictures of children's drawings and me complaining about my office from so, 10 years ago. You can build quite a good profile from that as well, apparently. Well, if they're that interested, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm flattered. Uh, as long as they don't, you know, then turn up with obviously the yeah. weird poison gas and things the, like There that. is a serious point here, and I know you're trying to keep it light, but there is a serious point about the ownership of data, and I've been arguing for a long time that the individual should have the right to own their own data. At the moment, that's mm. not the way it is. Um, and too many companies, too many people who you don't know actually have control of a lot of your life in terms of your your, your history. Uh, so it, it, it is something I, that will keep coming to the fore, I think, over the next years, few uh, months and years. Yeah, that is. Yes, it's true. I mean, there is, um, as you say, you think people should own their own data because mm. it's them. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's all kind of grown in a weird yeah. way and we have, yeah. we're now trying to sort of put the lid back on, aren't we? Um, let's finish with the other feature. He says reaching into his big bag of jingles which is and i haven't told you the question yet drew so you're going to get sprung on you um this one i love your questions i love your questions i love your questions um Kirsty Blackman set the question last time on it's about to be a difficult one to (laughs) trap me into something there uh what do you like doing on a sunday uh, well, that, well, thank goodness I can answer that one uh, uh, quite easily. I um, I have to, not have to, I enjoy uh, taking my girls along to the synchronised swimming. Uh, right. Um, and during my time there in Nairn, I get to uh, to take the dog on to the beach and uh, spend some time with Jackie. So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, a win-win for me on uh, uh, that. We all had a bit of a, a bit of predicting how Drew Henry spends his Sundays. Mm-hmm. I suggested you were going to mention canals. We went for the beach, so we weren't far out. Well, no, water was involved, yeah. Uh, So there's a theme there. Kirsty reckoned uh, Heart of Midlothian Football Club might come into the mix. No, not on a Sunday, no. What, they play on a Sunday? Yeah, you just ignore them when but they I live in Inverness, don't forget. So well, they I have to get down, back up again, and then fly in the morning. They don't uh, have TVs in Inverness. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's a faraway place. I know. I, mean, I don't know what you've, they got You've not watched Scottish football coverage on the television. BBC, sort it out. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Is it an SNP BBC thing going be, on here? For football, I'm on the record as saying they need to sort their deal out for Scotland. That's uh, oh. It is outrageous. The, uh, the, when you make the comparison between match of the day and the coverage that you get, uh, you know, in England, uh, to what's what's covered in Scotland, it is shocking the the disparity. I've told them this to their face. Are you saying so. England's better than Scotland? No, I'm saying the cover, the amount of money <laughs> that's spent. MP saying things are well, better in England well, than in Scotland I'm, when what, it comes to football what, what coverage. I'm, what I'm absolutely saying is that there's far more money, exponentially more money, spent uh, in in 
uh, covering English football uh, per head of population than there is in, in, in covering Scottish football by the BBC. That's because it's better, isn't it? Sorry? That's because it's better. No, well, tell tell that to people who are struggling. I, mean, I, I like I like watching the Scottish yeah. football because it's hilariously bad. I mean, yeah. it's like it's proper old fashioned. Have football, you actually watched any other football? I recently? watched uh, I watched yeah. the Cup finals last yeah. year, and uh, I much more enjoyed the Aberdeen Celtic game because it? it was but just hilarious. Are, but, it was just. Uh, but those are exciting. <laughs> those are exciting games. Even as a non-Aberdeen or non-Hib supporter, those are exciting games to watch. The, the Cup finals, and they're, and they're very well given their due. When the BBC cover those, they're brilliant. They are absolutely fantastic. It's the other ones they don't cover that I've got. A, what do you prefer, Jed? Match of the day or uh, what is it? Scott Sport or Sports Scene? Which one's the BBC it's, one? Uh, sports Scene. Sports Scene. What's your What's your preferred choice? My preferred sport is around the derby. Oh, around the derby. <laughs> I don't do any football. That should be on the telly. But I did watch the rugby game um, on St Patrick's Day, and that was terrible, shocking. Mm. Which one? <laughs> the one um, Ireland v England. Ireland England, mm. because there was also Scotland. I mean, they couldn't well. catch. They couldn't kick. They couldn't. Throw. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> um, what's your roller derby name? Uh, Major Vengeance. Major Vengeance? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. From now on, Jerry. Yeah. is <laughs> really... Yeah. It's on telly somewhere. You can get it on yeah, the yeah. internet. Can't it you? was on the BBC. The BBC put it online, didn't they? Because yeah, yeah. they had the World Cup. Yes, that's right. Who won that? Uh, America. Oh, do they always win? <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK. Um, are you going to represent Scotland somewhere down the line? Or England? Or the UK? Or who, what, how do we compete in Roller I'm, Derby? I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> what are we? Are we Great Britain at Roller Derby? No, 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 no. Um, England, Home Scotland, nations. Wales. All right, OK. Can I make a shameless plug before you yeah. uh, close off tonight? The uh, my my nephew Joe Hendry is a wrestler and he's qualified oh, cool. to represent Scotland. <laughs> well, we've got all the niche sports now. <laughs> Re- well, he's qualified to represent Scotland at the Commonwealth Games. It's coming out very soon. I just, want to, I just want to wish him all the best. Excellent. I think he'll do brilliantly. <laughs> yes, well done him. We'll all be looking out for him. That's mm. exciting. Mm. Has he got a wrestling name? Uh, he is the prestigious one. Is that, is that actually? Name. That's his name. Yes, he wow. used to, yeah, he used to uh, you go through a number of different uh, titles, but he's used that consistently in his uh, in his uh, professional wrestling uh, nice over the past wee while. I'm well out of touch with wrestling. Do they still have Big Daddy and all that? No, no, he's I'm afraid he's passed away. So. He's, uh, and he's obviously not WWE. It's like proper wrestling, actual yeah. sport. <laughs> um, cool, that's coming up next month, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, we'll look good. out for that. Joe Hendry, well, yes, yeah, best of luck to you, and we will report back on his progress if it, <laughs> if it coincides with the podcast. Um, Okay, listen, I'll say thank you there to uh, Jennifer and thank you to Drew. Um, if you want to get in touch, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Um, if you love this podcast, you're in luck because there's two of my podcasts out today. You can also hear me talking to Bernard Jenkin. He says all sorts of interesting things on the UK and a changing Europe feed. And I'll be back next week. Oh, I haven't asked you a question for the next guest. I I haven't had a reply yet, so I don't know who the next guest is going to be. I might just do one in the pub. Anyway, give us a question for somebody somewhere down the line. Let's see. Um, Okay. Uh, Who is your parliamentary role model? Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, I like those questions. Um, Okay. You never never reported back in the gluttony one last time, I don't think, did you? Oh, what was your question? Who was it for? It was for I think it was for a Labour uh, Party member that you were ask, you were going to ask about uh, the 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 most food they'd ever eaten at a sitting. Yes, yeah. we did do they, it. I, I, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember what the answer was. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. There oh, you go. Okay. Look, we'll, we'll go back in the archive and I'll retweet that one as well. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, come back next week for a political Yeti's politics podcast in two weeks for a UK and a changing Europe podcast featuring the nation's favourite sophologist and uh, or just tune in every week. There'll be something on my feed. Um, and uh, yeah, get in touch if you want to discuss anything in this podcast or any other podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye.